Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of the Portland Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm Stephen Tran. I'm a Portland real estate agent and investor, and this is my co-host, Jordan Lee. Yeah, thanks for tuning in for episode three. I'm a Portland-based lender, uh, but I'm licensed in 11 different states, and I'm also a real estate investor as well. So Stephen, tell me, what have we got going on today? Yeah, so uh, today we have a great interview with my friend and mentor, Henry Liu. Uh, He's a really interesting guy. He's a restaurateur, has had multiple restaurants and bars. Um, And a little bit more about him, he started early in real estate investing. I believe he started in his early 20s. Uh, He has a really interesting story about how he got started. I think he's up to 50 doors now that he owns himself. He's ready to retire, right? Basically ready to retire. He's he's a little bit competitive, but... uh, also, uh, he sold his restaurants and now he's a full-time real estate agent. And uh, with that said, let's get into the episode. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Portland Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm here with Jordan hey. and Henry. Hello, hello. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Henry, yeah, today was an interesting day. I know we started the day with a signing in your garage. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. You were working out and notary showed up and uh, you were shirtless and uh, we got started, so... True uh, Henry form yeah. all the way. Um, <clears throat> everything I do is a fun story. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll get started. Uh, man, where to begin? Uh, <clears throat> I will have to start from the beginning, I guess. People need to know like how it all got started. Um, I was 19 and living in California, trying to learn how to cook at my cousin's uh, Chinese restaurant. And I probably made like $1,600 a month. Um, And uh, you know, my rent at the time in California was like 800 bucks. Oh, nice. So my dad was like, you know, how much are you saving up? You know, you're gonna buy your own restaurant one day. And I'm like, yeah, one of these days I'll buy my own restaurant, you know, saving, you know, 800, whatever's left of my $800 for, you know, normal living. Um, And so my dad had this idea that he would help me with a down payment to buy a house. Mm. And so that at least if I was going to pay $800 a month, it would go towards my mortgage and um, I could recapture it if I ever sold the house. There you go. And so here I am thinking, ooh, awesome, you know, I'll buy me a house, I'll be a homeowner at 19. And so I uh, looked through the little real estate magazine and um, I saw a word that I never recognized before. It was the word duplex. And I was like, oh, what's that mean, you know? And there was no internet back then. Just to (laughs) clarify, what year was this? Uh, This was 1999. And where in California? Berkeley, Berkeley's where I worked, and I lived in San Leandro. Okay. Oh, no, no, Castro Valley. Okay. And uh, so I lived in Castro Valley and was looking anywhere, anything that would be near Berkeley and stuff. Um, I, I had to look up what this word uh, duplex meant 
because you know I had no idea. I thought maybe it meant that it had a pool or you know <laughs> something cool. Um, it turned out that it meant you know <clears throat> um, two units, and not only did it have two units, but it also had a house on the property. Oh, nice. Because the listing said Whoa. you know house plus duplex for one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I'm like, man, you know. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, you know? And so uh, I went over and met the owner of the house and um, struck a deal with him, you know, bought it right then and there. And uh, my parents helped me helped me out with the loan. Um, <clears throat> turned out my payment was like 800 bucks a month, which was awesome. And uh, I inherited two tenants. Um, <clears throat> Wait, which uh, of the duplex in the house, which unit did you live in? I lived in one of the duplex uh, units okay. initially. Um, there was a house that was already rented out. It was a three bedroom, one bath. And uh, the duplex was a, I believe it was a two bedroom, one bath. Okay. Yep. And then how much were you getting in rent? I was getting 500 for the uh, duplex unit okay. and I was getting 600 for the house. So um, you were cash flowing. I was cash flowing immediately. <clears throat> Not only that, but I was living for free. Right. And I am, you know, there's nothing more addictive than living for free. Like when you rent out a place and you know that you you own this thing and um, you don't have to pay for it, nothing cooler than it. When your dad gives you a free car, nothing cooler than that feeling. <laughs> when a buddy buys you a drink, there's no cooler feeling than that. It's, 100%. You know, there's nothing better than living for free, especially in the Bay Area. Oh, um, yeah, no, for sure. So... You know, now I went from saving, you know, uh, from from you know paying eight hundred dollars a month to go to rent to saving that eight hundred bucks. I was still making you know crap money, sixteen hundred bucks, um, and that's when I realized you never get rich working for your family or for a restaurant. Um, anyways, uh, a year and a half later, I uh, sold the property and it sold for three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow. In a year and a half. In a year and a half. <clears throat> it was the first boom in California. Okay. Um, I had quit working for my cousin in California. I moved up to uh, Oregon. Um, I was going to open up my own place. And just me selling the uh, property at that $150,000 profit um, was my seed money to start my first bar. Right. So that's how I, you know, first got started. Um <clears throat> Then after I got the bar, I had saved up a little bit of money. Um, and why did you choose a bar over a restaurant? A bar was easier to get into. Um, Less wanted, capital intensive. Up yeah, front. I definitely wanted to do a restaurant. It was always on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. Just you know, all the training that I did and all the sweat and tears to learn everything. It was. It would have been tough to like not be trained to do something and never do it. You know. Yeah. Sure. Why would you why would you train to be an astronaut and never look at the moon and every night you're looking at that moon, you know, that's just laughing at you. Um, <clears throat> so this is early 2000, what, 2002 or something? Yep, early 2000. I was 20 some years old. Instead of buying a nice home in Laurelhurst or Lake Oswego or whatever, you took that money and you bought a bar. Yep. This is I, down near uh, Springfield? Yep. Down yeah. in Springfield uh, is where I first started. And I eventually saved up enough money to buy me a house down there. I actually had a really good living out in Springfield mm. and um, bought a house, bought a duplex, 
and was sitting really good. I even bought another bar. I, I turned into like a, a cereal uh, business owner and flipper, you know, where I'd buy something and I'd sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, <clears throat> my wife made me a deal. She said, hey, well, I want to get into this uh, school at OHSU that's really difficult to get into. And I said, all right, you know, um, that's cool. She wanted to move to Portland, and I said, all right, if uh, you can get into that school, then we'll sell everything and move up there. Well, uh, I got hustled. <laughs> I got hustled. She had that letter ready to go. She's like, guess what? I got accepted. Guess what? I'm already in. Yep. So I was like, all right. So uh, we sold our house, and we sold all our assets, and moved up to Portland. And I had to start all over again. Um, so... We first bought a house um, in Beaverton, which we still own to this day, and she went to a school called OHSU and studied to get her her lab technician degree. I don't know what it's called, so um, (laughs) you're gonna have to forgive me on that. And um, so while she was going to school, I was buttoning up all the businesses down in Springfield and selling them, and uh, eventually moved back up. I, Bought another bar in Southeast Portland off of uh, 122nd and Powell mm. um, and bought that property and bought the business and uh, started saving up again. You know, my motto was save 50 grand, buy something. Mm. So back then you could do that. Buy, buy something for $50,000. It'd be a down payment for anything. Right. Um, whether it was a business or it was a house. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, my next purchase after that was a uh, bar property in Canyonville for fifty thousand dollars. Wow! You know, I, I put fifty thousand dollars down okay. and um, financed the rest of it. I still own that one to this day too. Um, and uh, that thing, you know, my monthly payment on that was thirteen hundred dollars a month, and you know, I uh, collected twenty five hundred a month in rent. Still do to this day. Um, then uh, I saved up another $50,000, and we eventually bought a house closer to my, uh, my bar um, over here in uh, southeast Portland, mm. over in, uh, what is it, Hawthorne Ridge. So, you know, another $50,000, bought me another house, um, and then saved up another $50,000. <laughs> seems like there's a pattern here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Saved up another $50,000 and uh, I bought another property. Too, right? Yep. I bought another property in uh, Dallas, Oregon. Um, that one was a bar property which I ran for a little while and then sold and made a little bit of profit on. Um, Wait, the, the Dallas? Dallas. So you, Dallas. Out, Dallas. So you actually drove out yeah. there every day to run it? I didn't. Okay. Um, you know, part of what I do as a business operator is, you know, I like to be more hands-off. I'll give up, you know, maximum profitability just so that um, I can have it run and I can, you know, go do other things. Yeah. I'm a, now that I have kids, I'm, I'm a full-time dad. I, you know, I haven't missed a day with my kids at all because of work. You know, I'll take them to school, I'll pick them up. They got basketball practice, volleyball practice, taekwondo. Uh, I'm there for every minute of it all. Yeah. So, nice. you know. I'm probably the only Asian dad, you know, where everyone's like, who the, f-, you know, are you, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just didn't want my kids to miss out on that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, there's a funny story when I met Henry at 24 Hour Fitness, 
I was like, oh, so you drop your kids off and you go to this gym. Is it because you want to be close to your restaurant? <laughs> and Henry's like, close to my restaurant? Yeah, like, no. Like, I'm just here to hang out. I'm going to go get lunch. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? So. <laughs> going to have lunch here in a minute, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's part of why uh, in my businesses I like to, you know, set it up so that I'm not everyday hands-on. Yeah. You know, sure, you lose some profitability because of it, but... You know, you still can build it up and um, you can cover more ground when you allow other people to help you manage the place. That's interesting because when I think of like bars and restaurants, food service, I think of how much hands-on that it is. Um, but it, maybe from your model, you're just hiring the right people, doing the right training and, and kind of going from there. I, uh, you know, I, I treat people the way I want to be treated. Um, when I was working at my cousin's restaurant, I was treated like a slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I worked 80 hours a week. Yep. I got zero praise. Um, the, the benefit of that was that I knew that I could endure anything. Right. You know, I mean, I watch Gordon Ramsay on TV and I'm like, oh, that guy's really nice. You know? <laughs> uh, compared to what I had to deal with, you know? Um, and, and, you know, one famous thing for me that always stands out is like when I had to learn how to make pot stickers. If my pot stickers didn't look like they were made by a machine, my my cousin would take the ones that were ugly and throw them against the wall, right? Who does that in his own restaurant? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, if that wasn't embarrassing enough, right? Yeah. You, then he'd tell you to go clean it up. Yeah. And it's like, really? You got to get out there and go clean the walls that have your pot stickers on there and stuff? And, uh, you know, it's really degrading. So I learned from an early age, you know, hey, man, I, I would much rather be treated nicer and you'd probably get more output out of me you know so i ruled with love more than fear um it didn't mean that you know i had to be a soft business owner right um you know i'd have talks with people and say hey man if you didn't do what we agreed upon then i'm gonna have to do what i gotta do because at the end of the night man i want to be able to keep a roof over my head you know instead of keeping a roof over yours um, and you know that usually worked, and if it didn't, I didn't hesitate to to let somebody go because of it. But I've also been one of those lucky employers where if I ever deemed that I wanted a person back to come work for me, it would just be a phone call because they always knew you know how well I treated them, and if there was any hard feelings, it was more on them than it was on me. But. Go. Getting back into real estate, um, my life is, you know, half business, half real estate. Um, let's see. After I bought Dallas, I bought um, I bought this house that I'm at now. Mm. I saved a hundred thousand dollars. I had to double my goal because times were different, and you, you know, uh, market's different. You had to different. save twenty percent in order to buy a house. This is what what year are we at now? We're closer to two thousand eight or two thousand ten. Twelve years ago, I'm gonna say it was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I think. Okay. Um, two thousand. Yeah. So during the recession, how did that impact you? During oh eight oh nine. It didn't impact me at all. Dive bars, no impact, right? No, nah, man. People were drowning their sorrows in alcohol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so good, good for business, then. Yes, very good for business. And you had a couple. You had one house or a couple, couple homes at the at time. At the moment, I just had one house. Matter of fact, I'll go back to when we first started renting out 
our house uh, in Beaverton. Because yes. That was truly the beginning of my um, rental uh, uh, real estate journey, basically. Yeah. Like, I was a landlord before, but I was a shitty landlord before. <laughs> okay. So, you know, when I owned a property in uh, the Bay Area, it was all, you know, I had to deal with the whole sob story of, hey, man, my kid just had his car, his, right. his hand amputated. Um, you we know, 19 oh, I, at the time, too. Yeah. I mean, like, what and, if? you know, I was just too busy to, like, really hold anybody's feet to the fire. So anytime a guy had a sob story, it'd be like, hey, man, uh, can you pay your rent? Sorry, I can't. You know, I just bought a Ferrari and, you know, I don't have any money left over. You know, just any sob story. Um, so I really wasn't good at collecting rents as much as I really wanted to. Um, I probably missed out on like four or five payments, which isn't bad looking back, but you know, at the time you just feel like a failure because you missed out on it. Um, also, uh, when I owned, I also bought a duplex in uh, Springfield as well. And I bought oh, yeah. it off of a friend of mine who sold it to me. Um, that one right there, you know, cash flow like a couple hundred dollars. It was pretty good. But again, you know, it was one of those things where I was just, I was too busy being a bar owner and not being a landlord. Right. So I wasn't the best, but at the same time, it, you know, kind of got me thinking about, all right, you know, if I'm going to do it again, um, now that I'm, you know, that I'm moving from my Beaverton house to Portland, mm -hmm. I need to be a better landlord. Um, and so, you know, I did these things called background checks. Um, <laughs> you know, I did, uh, you know, deposit money and I devised a way to make it easier for me. So one of my little hacks is every tenant that I get or every house I, I get, uh, more importantly, I set up a bank account and it's always a bank that's nearby. Like you could walk to it. It's a two minute drive. There's no excuses. Um, and so I tell them, hey, this is my bank account. You deposit the money into this. I don't come and collect money from you. Um, if the fifth of the month happens to fall on a Saturday, that's cool. Pay it on a Monday. I, I'm okay with it if it's as long as it's on the seventh. But if you pay on the eighth, then I tack on a late fee. And so I never had to look at the money. Um, I never had to go collect you know, rent or any of that stuff. They would just deposit it in. And if I had any disputes, I could just say, hey, uh, let's pull up the uh, deposit info into all of these accounts or into your account. And, you know, I could pull up three years worth. Be like, yeah, you were late here. You were late here. You know, um, and this is why you incurred a fee. And that system is still working great for me today. I don't have, you know, I don't have those online uh, collection services that charge you a fee. You know, the banks love it because I have like 20 bank accounts. You know? um, and, uh, you know, the, the tenants like it because it's just really simple for them, you know. And a lot of them will just get a bank where I where uh, uh, their account is and just do an auto transfer. Right. You know, a lot easier. And then, um, so anyways, I told my wife that we're going to rent out our old house because we're moving into a new house. And she's like well, who's going to run it? I said, I will. Um, she's like, you've been a landlord before, you know, you're so-so. And I was like, oh, well, I'll be better about it. Um, like don't worry about it. If it sucks, then we'll sell it. You know? Um, turned out to be the best decision of my life. Yeah. Turned out to be the best decision of my life.
that's the house that you told me about that's like basically almost paid off. Right? It is paid off. Matter it is fact, fully paid off. So okay. you bought it for I bought it for two thirty five. Two thirty five. And it's currently worth about five hundred. My brother lived, owns a house around the corner. He sold his for four fifty. So, multiple. Uh, he listed it at four fifty. I'm sure he had multiple offers. Yeah, yeah. And all of that fun stuff. Um, I get calls from people all the time asking if I want to sell it. And, and you started the rent at how much? When you when you uh, when I started the rent, it was twelve. Twelve fifty, okay, and yeah. my payment was uh, thirteen hundred. And so, in the beginning, people were laughing at me. They're like, "Ah, oh, man, you're losing money on your house." And, right. and I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, I suck," you know. <laughs> um, but I quantified it by saying, "You know, um, how much do you pay for your car?" Part of that payment you're paying yourself, right? Yeah. There's a principal portion, and there's yep. an interest portion, and the principal yep. portion is paying yourself. Yep. So. Uh, I said, you know, everybody's paying three, four hundred dollars a month for their car payment. Yeah. yeah, I'm paying fifty bucks a month for a house payment. Yeah, you know. Let me ask: Were you thinking about equity at that time? Did you know like this house is going to grow in value, and you're like calculating that into your thought process? I knew that it, it would always rise. Um, I'm not one of those real estate investors that like sits there and thinks about cap rate or cash flow or any of that stuff. All you know, I'm I'm horrible. I will buy shit as long as it pays for itself. I'm happy mm. um, for the simple fact that I know that I could pay it off, yeah. or I could improve on it and make more money. Right. Um, case in point, my uh, uh, apartment complex that we'll talk about in a bit. <clears throat> but going back to this uh, house here, eventually I was able to raise the rent to right. thirteen hundred. And I was like, woohoo, you know? Break even. Break even. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And then um, it got to the point where uh, a tenant moved out. I cleaned it up a bit. And I was like, you know what? Let's go for it, man. Uh, I'll rent it at 1600 And so I did. And I had multiple people crazy for it. And uh, I was like, crap. And then it dawned on me that uh, the person is paying 1600 bucks a month. For every month that they paid me rent, they eradicated uh, six months, am I right? Six months worth of negative uh, $50. So in two months worth of time, you know, all that, all that losing money was just evened out. And then the third month, it was like, ha ha, making money. Um, I might be good at this after all. <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, now the rent's at uh, $2,000 a month, which is still below market. That's below market. Way yeah, below market for a 3-2 in yeah, Tennisborn. In Tennisborn. But the tenant is so good, and he takes care of the place like it's his own home. There you go. You know, I, I don't want to lose him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And plus, you're, you're cash flowing big on it, right? Yeah. I mean, well, now that's paid off. Like, you just have yeah, property yeah. tax, insurance, and that's basically it. Yeah. So um value of real estate over time right absolutely so that was that um renting out when i moved from my portland house to my happy valley house i uh, did the same thing you know i lost a little bit of money up front was okay with that um these tenants are still in there to this day they've been in there 12 years you had a tenant for 12 years 12 wow. years oh my god 18 more years and they should have just bought their own house. yeah for sure you know 
What is their payment? Or what did it start out at? It started out at seventeen fifty. Uh, my payment was eighteen, and they're currently paying two thousand. Again, under market, but under market, I could get way more money. Twelve years, you got up like what, but you never, you haven't money. had to like switch a tenant out. You haven't yeah. had yep. to evict someone. You haven't had to deal with any of those costs and your cash flow. Yeah, and uh, for me, my end game isn't about cap rate. It isn't about cash flow. Um, one big tip into the success of what you know into my success is I've never taken a dime out of my uh, real estate properties I've always just funneled the money right back into paying things off early mm-hmm. I funneled it into paying off taxes I funneled it into you know you need a refrigerator all right, right. I'll be there tomorrow yep. you you want you know you think that uh, the siding is bad and you know the roof is leaking all right well I'll call a guy and he'll fix it tomorrow yep um, you know, I, I kind of save for CapEx by just not ever touching my money. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to just pay it all off. And when I do, that'll be my retirement day. Right. You know, um, at this very moment, I calculated it up. I am currently at $55,000 a month in gross rents. Wow. Um, I probably take home probably 15000 of it okay. at the moment. Every single month? Yeah. Um, but I never see it because I just funnel it right back into it goes back into the business. Um, matter of fact, I am, now that my, my Beaverton house is paid off, I'm going to snowball my payments into, uh, my Cannonville property. Right. And which I only owe like $40,000 on. It'll be a quick, you know, turnaround. Um, and then after that, I'll probably, you know, so that it's an extra $2,000 a month, um, I actually take $1,500 of my own money and put it into uh, Beaverton, and that's how I paid it off even faster. Right. Um, what ended up happening was when <laughs> when uh, I set up my payment on auto pay, I uh, took it out of my personal bank account, and I totally forgot about it. Right, right. I, I forgot about it 15 years ago, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, you know, the the payment from the tenant was going into it. My extra payment was going into it. And I was like, ah, whatever. You know, I, if, as long as I can survive on it, I'm good. Yep. And um, now I'm going to uh, take out my $1,500 a month because I need it. Um, and I'm going to take the 2000 from Beaverton, which is all paid off. Snowball that into my uh, Canyonville property. So I'll probably have that paid off in 10 months. And then I'll take both of those payments and go after the next house. Right. And eventually... And then it'll be three of those payments yep. to the next one. Yep. yep. I anticipate I should be done in nine years. Um, is there a rhyme or reason to which property you decide to snowball the money into? Is there like an interest rate thing? Or is this the one that you feel like it's this is close to getting paid off? I might as well dump it into that one. Yeah, whatever's closest to the finish line is uh, what makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the reason then you I'm, can add the next. Yeah. Payment, yeah. And like Canyonville pays two thousand five hundred a month. They pay their own triple net, and so um, that's all. That's all gravy right there. If I could take four thousand five hundred and apply that to the next, uh, the Portland house probably has a hundred and ten thousand dollars left on it. I mean, yeah. you know, and I'm throwing. Two forty-five 
if I'm throwing six thousand five hundred dollars a month at it, um, that'll be pretty quick. And then after that, it'll be throwing eight thousand five hundred into my next property, and then so on and so on. Yep. You know, and uh, it, you know, as you can see, it's a retirement plan that makes sense. I can survive nine years doing. You know, menial jobs. I can go work at McDonald's if I want. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Yep. And uh, after that, then I can retire. And you know, uh, my game plan is to have a thousand dollars a day. You know, spending cash. If I can have that, then you know, I'm good. I, I really have no reason to wake up and go to work. So thirty thousand dollars cash flow a month is basically your goal. I think you mentioned so you're halfway there, right? Yeah. I'm kind of halfway there, yeah. yeah. You know, you can get a flight any day you want. You can get a hotel, yep. eat anything yeah. you want, basically. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Cash flow uh, of probably $15,000 a month, but that's not taking out taxes. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Not taking out CapEx. Yeah. Not taking out everything else. Yeah, yeah. That's I true. figure if I paid everything off right now at fifty five grand gross rents, gross a, a month, you know, I figure a third of it will go to Uncle Sam. Yep. And a third of it will go to CapEx, and then the other third could go to me. And that's how I'm, you know, doing my stupid math. No, that makes Just, sense. I mean, that's good ballpark. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know other people want to be more aggressive, and they're like, you know, they'll, they'll opt for the cheap stuff, you know, or um, penny pinch here and there, or not spend money because, you know, it, it would get them further along. You know, I just go about it, you know, uh, really – simple um i don't really worry too much about you know the uh, cap rate or the cash flow yeah um moving into my uh, uh 16 unit apartment complex this is a great example of why you know capex or uh, cap cap rate doesn't mean anything to me um i bought a property for a million uh 25 one million and twenty five thousand dollars um and it was a 16-unit apartment complex. The uh, initial gross rents was 10800 from what I remember, um, which just covered, pro uh, you know, covered everything. Uh, covered I, the mortgage, covered the, the property mortgage, taxes and insurance. Like, and water bill was like two whatever. G's a yeah, month. Um, garbage, you know, property taxes. Cap rate of zero. <laughs> yeah, it was a cap rate of... <laughs> You know, you just got hosed. Yeah. And I did it because I knew that, like, with the money that I had saved up, um, I wanted to get as many properties as possible. I could care less, like, you know, how bad they were or whatnot. I mean, I cared, but, I, you know, as long as I had more units, I was willing to, you know, that, that was within my uh, price range, I'd do it. And so there was this property on the coast in the city of Warrington that came up. I actually lost the bid on it and uh, was a backup buyer. Um, the uh, initial person walked away and uh, they called, you know, called my realtor and said, "Hey, you know, uh, is your guy still interested?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the profanity. I'm doing my best to you know, yeah. be clean. Um, but uh, I said, "Hell yeah, I'll do it." You know, and um, I did the math and I was like, "Oh, great! I'll profit." You know, uh, a happy meal every month. I mean, this isn't the first time that you've been going into something where you're not profiting, though, right? Yeah, and, and for me, I was okay because I, I had restaurants and, yeah. you know, I didn't really need the money. And I was willing to even put more money into it. So, 
Um, I bought it, had it under property management that just ran it, and uh, I told them every time somebody moves out, we're going to renovate and we'll, we'll increase the rents and bring it up to market price. And so that was the game plan from the beginning. That's what we've been doing. We've renovated close to a third of it already. Okay. Um, and all units initially started at six fifty a month oh, wow. for uh, a two bedroom, one bath, two level units. Similar um, to your nineteen ninety nine rents. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and now they're all around twelve and thirteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. You know, uh, some of them aren't quite there yet, but we'll get there. And so today. I am happy to say that I'm at eighteen thousand five hundred. Almost doubled. Almost doubled, and that eight thousand dollars more I make a month is all cash flow. Right. Because my my uh, uh, monthly payment hasn't changed. My right. property taxes, you know, haven't changed. And if you wanted to, you could refi out and get your cash back. But and that's you, not. But yeah. that's not your strategy. You well, I actually you did. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did. So I took advantage of the. Uh, you know, let's get crazy program. And <laughs> we'll specify what that yeah. program is. Yeah, I did a what's called a cash out refinance and where I told the bank that my property's worth a hell of a lot more than it's worth uh, than what I've got on the loan right now. And I want more money. And so the bank assessed the property and they realized that my rents had doubled almost and they were quite happy with all of that. And so they evaluated my property at two thousand the two million two hundred, I think, and they were willing to give me um, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know, and how much and did you put in? I put in three fifty. Okay, so you so, so you pull out two hundred. I took out way more money than I needed to. Yeah, and I took that money to a place called Houston, Texas, and I bought a twenty-two unit. <laughs> so that was my free property. Um, I'm. I've only owned it for just under a year right now, and so I'm still going through a pain point. Um, unbeknownst to me, the uh, property came with two meth labs. Nice. Um, you know, and I didn't. I didn't even have to pay for those. Those were free. <laughs> bad yep. Is that what we call uh, value add? That's a, that's, that's a value minus. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> that's a value minus. But I knew that um, if I could survive and not jump off a bridge, um, that I could evict them. Um, that tenant should be moving out any minute now, mm. and we're going to get that property back. We're going to renovate it, and we're going to take the rents right back up. Um, and that'll add way more money, you know, in the long run. Okay, good to know. So that brings you up to how many units? Uh, as of today, it, counting my other commercial property in Canyonville, um, I just signed on a um, a bay house. I can't call it a beach house because it's it's, it's, it's close enough to the beach. Bay. Yeah. beach a house. coast house. Um, I'm at 50. 50 doors. 50 doors. 50 doors across. 12 units, 12 buildings. So are you gonna keep going or are you gonna do what you were talking about and, and pay, it all off. pay it all off? You know, there's a part of me that's, that's wisely saying I should just pay it all off because I'm so close. Um, but there's the crazy side of me that's gonna find a new shiny penny and I'm just gonna get distracted. But for the time being, I'm gonna um, just hunker down, pay off everything I can, you know, and stick to the nine year timeline. Yeah. Uh, it, either way, the, the nine-year timeline will happen for most of these properties. 
it's just, you know, the last property will be paid off in nine years. Right. You know, um, year five, year seven, you know, something's going to get paid off. Yep. Um, and who knows? Who knows what's going to happen then, you know? Can't never say never. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer that if you can do good for yourself, um, you know, and you still have the ability, you should do good for others. So, uh not only, you know, do I want to like, it, you know, make my life better. I want to make sure that my kids have a leg up. Um, I teach them about real estate investing all the time. I uh, use boring ass uh, dad jokes and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, analogies to, to teach them about it. And, you know, it's to the point where they roll their eyes every time now. Um, my uh, boring, you know, analogy that might make sense for everybody else listening to this is, that uh, if I was to come to you with a fresh ripe mango that you had to eat today, or a package of dried mangoes, which one would you take? And everyone says, oh, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, I'll take the, the fresh mango because it's juicy. Uh, it'll be the sweetest. Um, or, you know, maybe I'll eat the dried mango, but you know, I'll just have a couple pieces of it today. I could save it for tomorrow and uh, eventually stretch it out for maybe a week. Now that represents uh, cash that you have, you know, spending money today. And the dried mangoes represent your savings, Right. okay? None of those things are bringing you more mangoes. Right. And so, you know, I, my kids are like torn between this decision. You know, do I eat the fresh mango right now? Do I eat the, uh, do I save it and savor it for as long as I can? And then I pull out the third option. I say, well, what if we took a mango seed and we planted it into the ground? Would that be better? And they're like, well, but you can't eat the mango. And I'm like, you're right. But if you nurture this seed, it'll go into a tree. And in, in one day, you're going to have more mangoes than you know what to do with. You know? Um, and... Uh, you know, there's going to come a day where it's just going to be raining mangoes and you're going to be giving them to friends and you'll be giving them to hungry people or whatnot. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know why my phone is just going. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't. We pause this for a second? Yeah. Yeah. We got it out. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to keep going. Oh, just wonder. There we go. Yep. But uh, I'm sure we can just snip it from there. Sure, sure. Um, so one day, you know, this mango tree is just going to be uh, dropping mangoes left and right, and you're you're going to have more mangoes than you know what to do with. You know, wouldn't that be better? And my kids are like, oh shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I want. And so that is my little, you know, uh, way of teaching them money. You know, you can you can eat your um, spending cash, the the cash that you have in your pocket right now. Go get McDonald's. Go get, you know, um, a beer. But when once you spent it, it's gone. Yeah. You could take money and you you save it, but if there's nothing that's adding to it, you know that you in, once you spend that, it's gone too. When it goes back to, you know, when your dad helped you out when you bought your first home when you're still working in the restaurant, mm -hmm. 
it was he helped with the down payment, right? And he was like, hey, why don't you pay yourself instead of paying rent? Yep. And you learned that lesson pretty young. What? It, how did your so was your dad involved in real estate too, or he? Matter of fact, um, he didn't. He actually learned this uh, alongside with me. Okay. Matter of fact, you know, he came up with the idea. Um, he was just as green when it came to real estate, and my dad's actually uh, done really quite well for himself. Uh, he saved up enough money to buy multiple properties. Mm. He paid them all off, and he's cash flowing twenty grand a month oh, right now. And they live on. So his he started his real estate journey kind of the same time as you. Same time as me. <laughs> the, the difference is that he was disciplined, um, <laughs> and I was. Well, he was later on in school. Yeah, he started so, started yeah. with money to to yeah. buy the properties yep. initially. So. Yeah. Yep. And uh, for me, I, you know, I had kids. I had, you know, I made friends, and you know, we goofed off. Um, you know, I've. Uh, if anybody knows me, they've known that, you know, I've been like 60% play, 20% work, you know, and a 20% sleep, I don't know. You know, I haven't seen this 20% work that you talk of. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I did have a question. I mean, you know, you run restaurants, you run bars, you've had property. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were to start it all over or you were to tell someone, you know, who was 20, who was working at a restaurant not making a lot, uh, how to get started, what, what advice would you tell them? I've actually helped somebody do that before. Um, Tony helped them out. You've helped them out with a loan. Yeah. You know, I told him, dude, save up your money. Um, I don't care how you get a down payment for a house. There's this thing called an FHA, you save up 3%. I, you know, as a real estate agent right now, I'm helping a guy who uh, is buying a $500,000 house and he's coming to the table with 15 grand. Wow. Now, 15 grand is, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of money, but it isn't that difficult to save up. No. Um, you know, that's half a year at McDonald's. That's uh, you know, you can you can easily save that money up, you know, given enough time. And on top of all that, I'm pretty sure that if I had to pull that off today, I could probably find 15 people kind enough to, to loan me a thousand bucks just to get this house. Yeah. You know, that I could pay back at a later time. Family, gift funds, yep. et cetera. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, this former employee of mine told him to save up the money, buy a house. Um, he had a problem where he had a car payment that was impending his uh, debt-to-income ratio. And so I, I helped him out so much more that I even paid off his car for him. Um, and he would just pay me back later. After he, uh, you know, got the loan, then, you know, he get a new loan for his car, or I think he just paid it off. And uh, that's how he trucked on. Um, he house hacked, he rented out rooms in his house. To his family. To his family. Yeah, that and guy, and he got a new house in like six months. Yep, wow. then later Crazy. on, he's just like, yeah, get another house. And I was like, I should have been an agent. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, six months primary yep. or investment? Well, and yeah, so in his case, what happened was is that he was able to make the argument that the underwriter accepted is that he was living with multiple family members who were renting from him and he wanted to start a family of his own. Yep. Um, and so the underwriting team made an exception for him because um, 
Yeah, yeah, because he wanted to get a new primary where he would have space to have a family. And, yeah, yeah. And in his current situation where, where he had family members, I think there was like four or five of them living there. Yeah. It, was, it just wasn't enough space for him, so the underwriter accepted that. And they accepted because he had a track record of receiving rent from his family members. Normally, yes. it's hard to use that from family members, like a lease agreement. But okay. because he could easily show that track record of getting payments from them... He was able to convince the underwriters, like, I am receiving these rents, and I do need a new primary because of my family situation. Yep. Gotcha. So with, like, obviously the restaurants and the bars and the properties, would you eliminate any one of them if you had to start over? No. I wouldn't change a single thing about what I did. Yeah. Losing money uh, was a lesson. Making money was a joy. Um, you know, there's, there's no part of that journey that you would ever want to, you know, take out because everything is a uh, piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know, to make you who you are. And, you know, if there's anything that I'm thankful for is that I was able to do what I wanted to do with my life and not lose the uh, the 18-year-old kid that was in me. You know, most people, you know, have to give up their humanity, their empathy, you know, in order to become this cutthroat person, in order to succeed, you know, I didn't have to, you know, I, I'm still the same, you know, uh, guy that I was from way back in the day, you know, I might be a little older, uh, I might grunt when I bend down, <laughs> you know, um, you're gonna have to wait for me when I go up the stairs, but uh, same guy. I mean, you say that, but like, we met playing basketball, and you still move around just fine on the court. And so I hope that, yeah. you know, I think we all aspire to be still playing ball later, that later on in our careers. So. Yeah, I'm definitely now the oldest guy on the uh, floor <laughs> and no one suspects it. And that's, that's a good place to be, you know. Yeah. Of course, I'm playing, you know, when I play, it's usually like right after school for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are still at work. Most most adults are still at work. Okay, well, I mean, well, Henry, uh, if people are trying to find you, how can they uh, reach out to you? What is the best option? Um, they can find me at um, henry at the Um They can call me on my cell phone, 503-431-1248. I take all calls. You are a, you're a licensed real estate agent. We didn't really talk about that now. Yep. Uh, I am a real estate agent that is um, that's not motivated by money. I'm motivated by, you know, closings and uh, learning opportunities. Um, I love taking on challenges. Um, I love finding people that make me do a deal in a completely different, you know, uh, way, I've done um, I've done seller carry. I've done you know cash offers. I've lowball people. I've you know had to go win bidding wars. I've I've done it all, and uh, it's it's a ton of fun. And then, is what about restaurant wise? You still have a restaurant going in town, right? I actually sold my restaurant. Oh, you, okay. Uh, I've uh, I'm selling you know I'm selling my second one. Um, hopefully that closes, you know, this week or next week. Oh, nice. Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, I, you know, I'm just completely out of the restaurant. So you're done with restaurants. I am, you know. Uh, it was a lot of fun and um, 
I'm, I'm always going to be a cook at heart, just as you, you always will be. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a time to move on and focus on, you know, what's more important. Um, this gives me an opportunity to focus more on my kids. Um, and, and, you know, just kind of kick back a bit. Great. Good for you, man. Thanks for, thanks for sharing with everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> it was a pleasure being on this podcast. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. Yep. Thanks, Henry. All right, that's it. Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.